This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we are rolling right along in our adventure in Acts with Eutychus raised from the dead, Paul to the Ephesian elders, parts one and two, Paul lands at Tyre, and Paul makes his way to Jerusalem. Da-da-da-dum! Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
would open my lips.
A reading from 1 John chapter 1. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. O Lord, have mercy upon us. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Finally, the day has arrived. For years, I and many brothers of mine have prayed that there would be fellowship between your church, the LCMS, and my little church, the Evangelical Lutheran Mission Diocese of Finland. And now, at your latest convention, it has finally been formally declared. Thanks be to God for this fellowship between saints that share the same faith and the same confession. For this reason I can be here today practicing this fellowship in your pulpit. And fellowship is also one of the key issues in our sermon text. How God is, so we should also be. God's substance gives the character to the vocation of his children. You shall be holy, for I am holy, we read God proclaim in both testaments. But here in the first epistle of St. John, the focus is on God's substance as light. God is light, John writes, and in him is no darkness at all. And this is why the children of God must not walk in darkness, but walk in the light, as he is light. John did not invent this teaching himself. Instead, this is the message we have heard from Christ and proclaim to you, he explains. Jesus declares in the Gospel of John, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. To say that God is light is also no vague and abstract hippie statement without substance and meaning. 
It is this message of the gospel of Jesus Christ that establishes our fellowship, our koinonia, with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, and fellowship with us, as John here puts it, meaning fellowship with the apostles and all the saints of God. So fellowship is the key concept here. It shows us how important it is that our lives reflect this substance of God, that is, light. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Fellowship means close contact, even intimacy. Very similarly to John, St. Paul writes to the Corinthians, what fellowship has light with darkness? Nothing. Those who walk in the light of the world, in the light of life, in the light of the Son of God, should have nothing to do with darkness. That is, no contact, certainly no intimacy with darkness. Conversely, continuing to walk in darkness breaks our fellowship with God. The Holy Spirit warns us sternly about this by these words of his apostle. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Dear students, seminary is an important time and place to practice this fellowship of walking in the light of God's own being. By his word of guidance and encouragement, the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, wants to encourage you to a daily way of life in his light. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin, John concretely and endearingly puts it. So what does walking in the light mean? John gives us real life examples of this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So walking in the light means being honest about your sins. That is why confession and absolution teaches you both corporately and privately that walking in the light means being honest about your sins. So, if you have not yet learned to make use of this wonderful and consoling gift, now at seminary is a great time to learn it.
And I was happy to see that confession absolution is offered here on a weekly basis in this very chapel. It will be hard to teach your future parishioners to live out Luther's teaching concerning also private confession in the small catechism if you have never learned it yourself. But perhaps more importantly, John here shows us that not confessing our sins to God causes sin to lead to further sin. When we do not confess our sins, we no longer speak the same. We no longer homologomen as the law of God speaks to us. When we shut our ears from the law of God that reveals us our sin, we not only give false witness concerning ourselves, but we ultimately make God himself a liar by denying his holy word. So walking in the light of the Ten Commandments means bringing our sins to that light in confession. That really hurts the old Adam in us, as it should, because that light is a mortal blow to it time and time again. But our confession teaches us that the law not only kills, but it also instructs us. Luther explains that you shall not as we should in the catechism. Seminary is also a great time to let the Word of God sink in, the Word of God that you study here. And it will teach you not only knowledge, but also virtues and a way of life in this light of God. This can mean very mundane and concrete things that the New Testament epistles also often talk about, like learning to use God's good gifts of food and drink responsibly, of learning ways to abstain from the rampant sexual immorality bombarding us all through our screens, of practicing the art of not turning inwards to serve ourselves, but instead of turning towards our neighbors especially towards our families, your fellow students, and carrying one another's burdens, not as um, competitors in the knowledge, but as fellow sinners and fellow saints. I promise you that investing here in being students, not only of textbooks, but of such a Christian way of life in the light, will greatly help you in your future service as pastors and deaconesses in the parish. Finally, brothers and sisters, what is it that motivates us to this end? What is it that motivates us to remain as students of life in the light of God? You will not find this motivation in your own sinful flesh, you will not find this motivation in the law itself, but the gospel that lifts away our guilt and shame is the motivation. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, 
but also for the sins of the whole world. Dear saints, this light of the gospel of the cross is so powerful that it makes us see the commandments in that very light. We have an advocate. We have the righteous one. We have the propitiation for our sins and for the sins of this whole world. He is Jesus Christ, your Savior, who lived a perfect life in your stead and yet was condemned for all your sins in your stead. He is the light of the world. And out of this place of freedom and forgiveness, he invites you and me as his disciples to continue in this light of life that has no fellowship with darkness. For he has already overcome your darkness within and the darkness of the world without. So grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Amen.
let us pray. O God, our refuge and strength, the author of all godliness, hear the devout prayers of your church, especially in times of persecution, and grant that what we ask in faith we may obtain. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Almighty and everlasting God, whose infinite power alone does great wonders, send down on your ministers and on the congregations committed to their care the healthful spirit of your grace, and that they may truly please you, pour on them the dew of your continual blessing, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by your governance, may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Let us bless the Lord. The Lord Almighty bless us and direct our days and our deeds in his peace. Amen. 